Hi, I'm Logan, and this is Living with an Alcoholic, the podcast that talks about, well, living with an alcoholic or an addict, and the struggles you encounter, and the best way to make it through with your sanity still intact. These are my stories and things I've learned along the way, and how the program of Al-Anon has helped me. I hope this helps you too. Welcome. I want to talk this week about the balance, the balancing act of trying to have a normal life outside the home and the chaos that is at home. The chaos of being with an alcoholic and trying to have a normal life. Being with an addict and trying to have a normal life. Because it's hard. It affects everything we do. It affects our train of thought. It affects how we react to other people. It affects the things we do and our actions and our motives and our thought process. It affects everything. I know for me, I did a lot of I did a lot of things when I lived with my ex-husband and there were times when my ex-husband was dry he was not drinking he was not doing drugs he was dry but he was still unhappy and he was still abusive and he was still a very mean person he wasn't spiritually healthy he wasn't healthy inside his mind When I say spiritually healthy, I mean inside his mind. He was not healthy. He wasn't healthy. And it was chaos. It was total and utter chaos all the time. And he would rage and scream at me. And he would do all these things that I just, I couldn't stand. I wasn't happy. I was not happy. And it affected me as a person. It affected my work, my ability to do my job, my ability to function at work. I would go into work crying. I would start crying at work. I would not be able to focus because I'd be thinking of all the horrible things he had said the whole night before or the fact that I had been up all night because he was yelling and screaming at me. I was exhausted. I was emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted. It affected my work. I I couldn't focus. I couldn't be the best person I needed to be. I tried to have balance. I tried to hold down a career, but during that time I I I went through like three different careers. I It wasn't that I couldn't hold down a job. I could hold down a job. That wasn't the problem. But I was constantly searching for happiness. And I thought the next best thing would make me happy. And during those times, I got laid off a couple of times too. I was a teacher. And we had these huge budget cuts and we were laid off. They cut programs and cut funding and I got laid off twice. And so I started searching again for something that would make me happy, something that would make me happy. 
and I couldn't find anything that would make me happy. I settled for being on unemployment for a while because that was better. Because I couldn't find something to make me happy. And then I settled for a part-time job and I thought I was happy, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't using my skills, I wasn't using my degree, I wasn't using my ability, and I wasn't happy, but I wasn't happy at home either. I was not happy at home. I had no balance between work and home. My work affected my home. My ex-husband would get drunk and call me at work. He would get high and call me at work and rage and scream at me. I didn't set those boundaries that it wasn't okay to you talk to me like that. <clears throat> I didn't hang up the phone. I let him yell and scream and berate me and belittle me and do all those things that he did while I was trying to have a life outside and bring an income into the home. I was not the best mother I could have been. My kids were clothed and fed and loved but not to the best extent. They weren't loved to the best of my ability because at that time I didn't love myself. I had been so beaten and broken down by the disease of alcoholism and addiction and the abuse that I didn't love myself. I wasn't happy with myself and I couldn't be happy and be that mom that my kids needed. I couldn't be the mom that my kids needed and it broke me. It broke me inside and I constantly searched for that needing to be happy, that, that way to be happy. During this relationship with my fiance, I started to get a little more balance. I started to get a little more balance and I, I got a little more set with my boundaries, but I still let it affect me. The disease of alcoholism and addiction affected me to no avail throughout my relationships. During my first marriage, I was so unhappy, so unhealthy, so lacking balance between what was reality and what was happening, that chaos that searching for happiness and that chaos that I reacted. So not only was I not the best mother I could have been, I didn't do the best job teaching my kids things. I didn't take my kids out all the time. I didn't do things with my kids. I would be so exhausted. They spent a lot of time away from home. But I thought I was protecting them from what was happening at home. I thought I was protecting my kids from the chaos and the craziness. When truth was they saw me not caring, not being there for them. 
not being the best mother I could have been. I spent a lot of time in the last couple of years really reflecting on that. Really reflecting on that behavior, that lack of balance, that lack of care. Feeling guilty for it. And then having to forgive myself for it too. Having to say I did the best I could with what I had at the time. Having to say I didn't know any better and I thought I was doing the right thing. Eventually I will make amends to my kids. I am making amends by living a better life, being there when they need me more. Being the mom that they need now. And I'm being the best version of that mom that I can be. I'm making up for it now. I always tell you guys I wasn't the best during my marriage was a very low point in my life. My marriage was chaos. And chaos spilled over into how I reacted to it. It started small. I'd chat online with guys. And they'd tell me I was beautiful, I was sexy. And then it got a little more risque, and a little more risque. And I allowed it to happen. Because I was constantly searching for that happiness, for that love that I was not getting at home. That love I couldn't even give myself at the time. And then it started with me going out to have a drink on Saturday nights. And I'd have a drink on a Saturday night and I'd sit at the bar and I'd sit there for a couple hours and I'd go home, but I'd dress sexy. I wanted attention. I wanted people to like me because I didn't like myself. I wanted all that. I wanted people to really like me, to find me sexy, to find me beautiful, to find me, to be this amazing person. This person that I wasn't at home. This person I was not at home. I wasn't sexy, I wasn't beautiful, I wasn't good enough. I was never good enough at home. I was never good enough for myself. Inside, I was never good enough for myself. I never praised myself. I never did anything. I always felt bad constantly. I'd take what my ex-husband would say and I would beat myself up and treat myself like crap because of it. I would constantly say, he's right, he's right, he's right on this, on this, on this. Eventually those nights at the bar got longer and longer and I didn't drink 
alcoholically. But I did drink a lot. And those nights at the bar, the dressing sexy, and the risque chatting turned into cheating. Turned into countless nights of hooking up with different men because I thought that would make me happy. And then it turned into having relationships outside of my marriage. Not just sexual relationships, but full-on relationships. And I was constantly searching for that person that would love me. But I didn't love myself because there was absolutely no balance. No balance of loving myself and love at home. There was chaos at home and I wanted normal. What I saw everybody else having. What I saw everybody else having was fun and living their lives and doing great things. And I wanted that. So I did what everybody else did. I didn't think about how it was affecting my partner, my husband. I didn't think about how the self-centeredness was affecting my kids. I didn't think about how it was affecting my self-esteem. Because it was slowly eating away at my self-esteem. I got more and more embarrassed. But I didn't vocalize that being embarrassed. I didn't understand that's what it was. I didn't vocalize being ashamed. I didn't know I was ashamed. I didn't know I was unhappy. I didn't understand that. I thought I was doing what felt good to me. It didn't feel good. And I couldn't rationalize that in my head. I couldn't rationalize the guilt and the shame in my head. I couldn't rationalize any of that. And I continued that way. My marriage ended in chaos and it blew up in my face. The cheating and everything blew up in my face. The being unhappy, the nights at the bar, the constant in and out and being around people who partied and had fun and did drugs and all that blew up in my face. I was so used to the chaos at home. I just wanted what everybody else had that I saw everybody else having, which was quote unquote fun. I wanted to have fun too. I wanted to be carefree and happy. I wanted balance. I wanted to be happy. I didn't understand I was making myself more unhappy. I was making my life more miserable. I was making things worse and worse by continuing to do these things. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what I was doing was wrong. And it wasn't even that. It was wrong. I just wanted to be happy. I thought that's what was going to make me happy. 
And the truth was it made me miserable. It made me an unhappy person. So my divorce happened. And I lived on my own. And for a while that party mentality trickled over. And I started to realize I really wasn't happy with that. That wasn't what I was looking for. That wasn't the life I wanted. That wasn't who I needed to be. I wasn't happy with that person. And I started to realize I wasn't happy with that person. I started to realize it was annoying me how much my friends drank and partied. It was annoying me that it was life was constantly revolved around a bar. I wasn't happy with that. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to have fun. <clears throat> I wanted a meaningful, heartfelt relationship where somebody cared about me for who I was. I wanted balance. I wanted the balance of being happy at home and being happy with myself and being happy outside of my life. Because while I was dating, I was so fixated on how to make that person happy that I was going to go out with. But again, it fell into my work. I wasn't the best worker I could be. I wasn't the best. I was good, but I wasn't the best. It affected me. And I met my fiance, and he had that balance. He had that balance of not having chaos at home and being able to have a normal life. Did chaos come when he relapsed? Yeah. It all came flooding back. Chaos and that person that I was, that person came back. That person who wanted to be happy could just drop some of these feelings that I had and it broke down my self-esteem again and it broke down everything else. Did I let it affect me at work? Yeah. Yeah, I did. After four years of being with my fiance, almost five years now, after like three, four relapses, I have learned I cannot let the disease affect me the way it did. I have to be happy with myself. I have to be happy with who I am. Because once I'm happy with who I am, I can love the person I'm with. I can have calm and peace and be okay. The chaos drives me to look for more chaos because I'm used to it.
chaos drives us to look for more chaos because that's what we're used to. We're used to chaos. We're so fucking used to chaos that we look for more of it. We make sure it's constantly happening in our lives. When I found the calm, the peace, the quiet nights at home playing board games and watching TV and YouTube and the quiet nights sitting on the couch next to each other just looking at our phones, I found peace. I didn't know what to do with it. But I found peace. And I started to love and cherish those moments. Because I wasn't constantly looking for chaos again. I had balance again. I was able to work better when everything was calm at home. I was able to do better when everything was calm at home. My fiance's last relapse did not affect me like my marriage. Did not affect me like the first relapse. Did not affect me like the second relapse. Did not affect me like the third relapse. I finally couldn't handle the chaos. I didn't want the chaos. I didn't want the chaos, so I removed myself from the chaotic situation, ignored the chaos, and lived my life. I lived a life separate from the chaos and didn't even acknowledge it was happening. I functioned with the chaos going on. I just ignored it. ignored it sometimes now it's still hard I'll still pick a fight to pick a fight because I need a little chaos in my life I'll still do something stupid or say something stupid because I need a little chaos in my life because I still sometimes forget that life is okay not having that chaos in it We don't have to have chaos in our lives. We can completely live without chaos in our lives. We can ignore the chaos. We don't have to react to the chaos and make more chaos. We don't. We don't have to go out and cheat. We don't have to go out and look for love somewhere else. We don't have to play the victim. We don't have to do any of those things that we do. If we love ourselves, if we truly love ourselves, we will cut the chaos, set that boundary, say fuck you, and live our lives normal life. And if saying fuck you means getting up and walking out, then that's what it means. You don't have to live in the chaos. You don't have to react to the chaos. You don't have to react. 
that's something I had to learn. I didn't have to react. I could just say, okay, what the fuck do you want me to do? Okay, how is that my problem? I can live a normal life. I have such strong balance now between the chaos that used to be alcoholism and addiction in my life. It is not my problem anymore. What my ex-husband does now is not my fucking problem. What my friends, the few friends that I, I, I have one friend, let's be honest, I have one friend. What she does is her business. What my fiance's family does is their business. What my fiance does is his business. I don't have to get swept up in the chaos and the craziness. I don't have to react when people say stupid things. I don't have to make it a shit show. Just because I'm craving a shit show, I don't have to make it a shit show. I don't have to live in that chaos. I don't have to be a part of that chaos. I can pick myself up and remove myself from it. Whether it's physically or mentally, it doesn't matter, but I can remove myself from the chaos. Sometimes it's just going in the room and shutting the door. Staying the fuck out of it. Asking somebody not to tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. It's not my problem. I don't want to hear about it. But I had to love myself enough to do that. I had to rebuild that self-esteem. That finding myself beautiful and sexy and wonderful. I had to rebuild this stronger version of myself this badass version of myself that could do anything I had to rebuild that person and then I had to get strong enough to say I don't need this shit in my life you can do it you can it can be done. It can truly be done. You can do it. I did it. I beat the shit out of my self-esteem and I rebuilt myself. Some days I still struggle, but most days I'm pretty awesome. Thanks for listening this week. I know Maybe it didn't make any sense, or maybe you don't understand. I don't know. But if you do, if this resonates with you, reach out to me. Living with an alcoholic podcast at gmail.com. I'm living with an alcoholic on Instagram. Living with an alcoholic pod on TikTok. Um, there's link trees in my bios. If you want to help me keep this 
so I don't ever have to run commercials or just help a poor social worker out. Um, or if you want to join the Facebook group, it's all in the link trees. Keep coming back, guys. Thanks.